Welcome in to the Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can check out the archive shows then, including my Western Michigan preview, which I dropped this morning. Uh, we also had the interview with former Michigan State safety Thomas Wright on Wednesday, so you can check all that out there. Uh, Facebook page. You're about to scrap that and start a new because I can't change the name. So it is what it is with Facebook. But lots of big stuff coming up this week uh, through the network. Uh, Chris Stanton's going to be talking about the September call-ups, including Spencer Torkelson's return to the De- 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 excuse me the Detroit Tigers. Ryan and Mike have a hard knocks wrap up and a preseason wrap up, final cuts, all that Ross breakdown stuff. Philadelphia Eagles preview. They'll have that for you. The Cover 3 podcast makes its return uh, next week. I know we're going to do it before Thursday because Nate wants some of that Thursday night action. But, yeah, lots of good stuff coming there as well. Um, we've hit nearly 60% over the last two years um, if you're into betting. So be sure to check that out. Joining me today is Doug Hayward. Uh, breaking news coming from college football land. Doug, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Awesome. So if you've not heard yet, the College Football Playoff Committee has unanimously decided to expand to 12 teams as soon, or excuse me, as late as 2026. It could be sooner, depending what they can do in regard to that, um, the logistics of it all, whatever that may be. what the format would be is they would take your six highest rated conference champions. And that would include a team like Cincinnati. That would include a year, let's say Western Michigan went 12 and 0 when they did that in the Mac. That would include those teams. They would take the six highest rated conference champions and seed them one through six and then end up with six wild cards. I'm a fan of the expansion, and just like everything else the NCAA has done, I'm not a fan of the execution of it all. Um, I think it's a situation where eight teams would have been preferable. You could have taken the five power fives. You could have done that pretty much since the playoffs started. Uh, then take a group of five team as your sixth seed and then two wild cards. I think that would have been nice. That would have uh, helped keep the uh, – integrity of the college football regular season but i also see a couple pros to this as well but doug i'll get your thoughts on this first well it it's a surprise and it's not a surprise uh listening to uh the run-up to the start of the college football season this week um it seemed to be more and more likely that that was going to happen now if i understand this right the idea of expansion was dead on arrival until the Big Ten decided to um, take the West Coast by storm. And after that, and the the negative voices from the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the ACC on expansion, those basically just disappeared. Uh, Their arguments basically became mute um, when the Big Ten made that move. So, I, I, I like the idea. I'm still 
it's still very the more open-ended you leave something the more the more possibility for a mess i like the six conference champions bnc double a wouldn't do that oh yeah yeah (laughs) so i mean i love the six conference champions i like that because i'm really hoping that expanding the college playoff um levels the recruiting playing field now i don't know i i'm I'm not an expert on all that analytics and everything else but uh for a person trying to figure out where to go to school if they're a good player and they want to play for a national championship you had three maybe four choices that were uh, for sure sometime in my college career i'm going to get to play you know in the playoffs um now with six conference championships that 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 throws that into uh an entirely different bucket for kids as they look, um, you know, for their recruitment, which I think is great. The thing that they say is the six at-large wild cards. Um, that that could prove to be massively problematic if they don't have some, um, you know, some serious uh, guidelines, guardrails, if you call them, around how that selection happens. Um, because I just see a whole lot of people being mad about those six. <laughs> so, um, but like they're mad now about the fourth team that gets into the college football playoffs. I mean, like there, there, there hasn't been some anger about some of that. Um, so yeah, so that's the only, uh, I, I wish it was more clearly defined. I mean, they just said 12, here's the six that's hammered down really well. You've got to be the highest ranked, the six highest ranked conference champions, that means that some, you know, the Mountain West unbelievably could have a team that is, you know, ranked in the top, you know, 10 or 12 and end up in. So, um, you know, so that's, I think that's good. I, I like that. The six at large, I wish they would have uh, given a little bit more direction and hopefully there's some more guardrails that come out of that. Um, I see money, money to be a highly motivating factor. I think 2026 is not, going to happen i think it's going to be at minimum 2025 uh 2024 becomes a logistical nightmare uh just because i know working in in a lot of uh corporate situations and business situations uh trying to get venues and hotels and hotel blocks those things are booked four years out so here we are in 2022 and you know they're talking trying to do this in 2024 that's two years out that is a logistical nightmare. I mean, you're talking about somebody uh, having heartburn <laughs> and and uh, pulling their hair out badly, um, trying to figure that out in the next two years. Not saying it can't be done, uh, but somebody ain't sleeping <laughs> if they're doing that. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be overall good. I just hate the ambiguity about the guidelines and the guardrails. Um, well, if you, let let me touch on that because the guidelines i think kind of tie into something that i talked in regard to you know the sanctity of college football regular seasons mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is you have to schedule tough now you have to you you're not going to sit there and be highly ranked doing what oh let's say something that michigan is doing this year you know not to take shots at them but Hawaii and Colorado State and Connecticut, you might have pulled the three worst Division One programs in the nation with that schedule. So you telling, can't telling Brian do Kelly, that. Brian Kelly's not going to be able to uh, get the service academies on LSU's schedule. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I, I don't think 
see that week 11 glorified by with Alabama playing the Citadel. Yeah, no, I think you're going to see teams bump up their schedules a little bit. Now, I think you're going to see a lot more schedules like Michigan State. Hey, you know, let's get a one-off. We still play in a dominant conference. We'll play Washington, and we'll call it good. That's what I think. I think you're going to see other teams who don't normally schedule like that do something like that. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to need – you're going to have to have that quality win somewhere. You know, I look back to because there was a lot of discussion um, before the Oklahoma State – uh, Central Michigan game. Um, Oklahoma State had a dominant team the year that they lost to Central Michigan on the last play of the game. And that loss crippled them in the rankings and in the discussion for playoffs, even though they were dominant. Everybody else they played that year, the first game of the season, they lost to Central Michigan. <laughs> you know, so uh, it, it really like was the uh, an anchor that they could never shed that year. So um, I think you're right. I think you have to have that. You have to have that quality win somewhere in your back pocket outside of conference. Well, I don't think you necessarily need that one out of conference. Like let's uh, let's take a look at Michigan State schedule this year because we're doing this on our uh, Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State podcast. Okay. Let's say you slip up against Washington. It's not it's not a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a little. Uh, the kicker missed the last second field goal to win the game. Right. But you turn around, you beat Penn State, you beat Michigan, you beat Ohio State. If you do something like that, I think you can still get in. I don't think you need that necessarily. But if you're going to be like Michigan State and you're going to have a second chances against Ohio State and Michigan, you still need to capitalize on them. I think uh, I think that's what needs to happen. I you need to have that ability to recover. If you don't have that ability to recover, which Oklahoma State didn't that year, right? Then I think then I think it's a world of trouble. And so, if you look at your conference and you're like, you know what, this is kind of weak sauce. We need to go out and we need to do something. Then, then I think that's how it can positively impact scheduling in a certain realm. Right. Well, I I think I think I I think I see. Yeah, and I definitely agree with your point. I think the, I'm thinking more of the out of conference. That quality win is going to be more on the outlier conferences. Um, yeah. You know, Mountain West. Um, you know, like the Cincinnati situation. They're they're going to need to have that quality win because I mean, you're, to your point, if you look through your conference and you're the only ranked team at the beginning of the season in your conference, and your conference is weak you're going to have to have somebody on your schedule to get ranked. So you're one of the top six um, or you're, or you're not getting in, or you might and pull Ohio state or Alabama as your first game. So, um, so yeah, you're going to, you're going to have to, it's going to make uh, it's going to make, it's going to put a premium, I think on scheduling for um, anything outside of the power five. Yeah, which can also lead to, you know, some other quality matchups. Eastern Michigan's not going to go out and just say, all right, look, we need something. Uh, Ole Miss, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to do that out of the blue. Right. Um, but you can still have those opportunities. And, by the way, you brought up Central Michigan. I just want to, 
you know, send a little shout out to them. Thank you for the backdoor cover. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think uh, one of the things that, like I said, it does kind of drive me crazy. I think it is too many in a certain extent. I know I kind of counterpunched my whole point with the scheduling, but you've got that ability now to sit there and say, look, some of these mid-majors got an opportunity. That's all well and good. You you needed a couple wild cards in there because that's how you also, I mean, affecting the seeding, I think, is huge too. You look at Georgia and Alabama, guess what? Georgia's not going to be that. Georgia's not going to be a top six seed. Georgia would be sitting at seven last year. Right. Look at that. And I think that that makes it, I think that makes it better. I mean, you can go back to Michigan, Ohio State in 2002. Whatever it is you want to do, sometimes the two best teams are in the two best conferences. But I think it adds a little more of that parity. I think it makes it a little more March Madnessy in regard to that. You may be upset that you're uh, – Georgia might be upset that they're a seven seed. They may play some six seed that really – in any other world would not be well let's say you took my playoff format that i wanted the 18 group of five i guess it'd still be that six seed but that that's where it gets a little interesting because you can have those memorable upsets you can have boise state and oklahoma in a playoff game right and that, that, to me, is where you can uh, real, really dial it up. I, there's one – I hate doing this because I always do this. There is one school that I want, and they are about a 15 – I want to talk about Notre Dame and how, how this affects them. Because this is hilarious to me because Notre Dame always said as long as they have a TV partner – which they have in NBC because the Big Ten shot themselves in the foot in, regur- in regards to their recruiting of Notre Dame by signing on to NBC because NBC said, look, we want we want a conference. You know, we want to be able to push college football all day. You know, we're not just going to air your games anymore. Uh, the, so the Big Ten shot themselves in their foot by uh, signing with NBC. Notre Dame said they want a clear path to the playoff. They have a clear path to the playoff, but guess what? An undefeated Notre Dame team, and this is where the scheduling part gets fun for me, an undefeated Notre Dame team can't finish any better than seventh Right, going into the playoff. And to me, that is hilarious. Right. And, and, and I, think, I think that that um... – that puts uh, that puts some motivation. You know, you kind of wonder the college presidents and you know, or the the college football uh, you know powers that be that voted. It'd be interesting to hear what their individual motivation because, th- th- like I said, this was dead on arrival a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now all of a sudden there is it's a unanimous vote. Which okay, it was dead on arrival to unanimous. What was their motivation or what is their thinking in in today's world to say, we're not going to go eight, we're going to go 12? I mean, I, I'm a math guy, so you have 12 teams. 
uh, if you play, everybody plays the game. Now you're down to six. Everybody plays the game. Now you're down to three. So somehow somebody's getting buys in this situation. Yeah, there there will probably be the top four teams get a buy, which right would probably be the uh, the conference champions. So let's say Oregon, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. Right, right. So so- they, they would yeah, get the buys, and then Georgia would get, or excuse me, uh, da, 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 trying to go through everything in my head. Let's say Oklahoma State will end up uh, hosting somebody or something at at their place. So, but I think what ultimately impacted the change and why they're doing it now, I just don't think they want the Big Ten to run college football. I mean, if we're being brutally honest, because now Oregon doesn't have to go through, uh, doesn't have to go through the Big Ten, and they they don't have to uh, be like, well, look, the Pac-12 is not going to the playoff anyways. Let's just go out, let's join the Big Ten, let's rake in a ton of money while while we do it. The Pac-12 wasn't getting in, and so I think that is. Uh, you know, one of the deciding factors. I, I, what I like in this too is the NCAA saying, "Hey, college players can get paid now through NIL." Well, college pay- players getting paid through NIL wasn't a thing until California said, "You know what? We're going to let you get paid." And the NCAA said, "Oh, we don't have any control over this anymore," and they were scared that they were going to lose the control. So now you give an opportunity to a team like Oregon to say, let's just sit back. Let's just, you know, we had some talks with the Big Ten. You know, well, we're not going to go home with them. We're going to sit back and we're going to run through a Pac-12 without USC in it now, without a rising USC. Right. Yep. And I I think I, I until you suggested to me about the fact that this was, you know, the reason they decided to do this was not allow um, the Big Ten to end up ruling college football. I hadn't thought of that scenario, but the more that I, I think on it, the more I think that you might be right. Um, and the other thing, it really does allay the fears of, um, you know, just because I am a West Virginia fan, so I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty rabid follower of what goes on in the Big 12. It really um, answers the Big 12's uh, concern all along through this that, you know, they felt that they were treated unfairly. Uh, the one year that TCU was very high ranked and didn't get into the playoffs, they were very, the Big 12 overall was very, like, what do we have to do to get in? Um, this, this alleviates that for them. Uh, it, it takes the pressure off. Now, the Big 12 champion if they're high ranked, which consistently has happened, the big 12 champion has consistently been high ranked um, over the last, uh, you know, several years, um, probably last decade, um, they're automatically going to be in as one of the six. So um, that, that takes care of, for all their members that takes care of, you know, uh, a big sigh of relief from those programs. They're like, wow, we have a path for recruits to say, Hey, we win the big 12. Guess what? We're in man. So, um, and before it's been, yeah, we can win the Big 12, and they won't let us in. They're going to take Georgia, Alabama. 
So, um, so I, I, I agree. I agree with that, which I think that's why I think they need to figure out people keeping people up late at night and come up with a plan to get this in by 2024. Uh, is it going to be clunky? Is it not going to work right? Is it going to look crappy the first year or two as they get the logistics worked out? Yep, it is. <laughs> but I think it's the right thing for programs and it's the right thing for college football. It's the right thing for recruiting, um, you know, going in. Um, and I kind of agree. I, I think your format of eight was probably a little better. This seems like a lot of teams to try and work out logistically playing games. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And a lot of the, a lot of these games, they play their conference championships and then they have to sit a month before <laughs> they play. So, um, you can fill you can fill the void because I right. one of the things that I've noticed is people get tired of waiting through oh, the of waiting not waiting waiting through the garbage bowl games until the good stuff picks up right around New Year's. So right. now you can sit there and you can sprinkle in, uh. Let's just say Alabama and Michigan State sneaks in as a wild card. You can sprinkle in Alabama and Michigan State amongst Old Dominion and who freaking cares? <laughs> exactly. So well, I, I, I like yeah. that idea because you're not going to go into February and compete with the NFL playoffs. Even though it will be on different days, you're not going to do that. No. NFL playoffs is their own time. The NFL runs scheduling period in regard to everything else you know I, yeah, they I, run the run the sports calendar i like i like the fact that um you know i hadn't thought of you know the top four teams um the top you know four highest ranked conference championship teams um get a buy uh it, that makes sense because if you've won your if you've won your conference championship you've played in a conference championship game you've played you know, probably one or two more games than some of these other schools. So giving you a bye is kind of a week to kind of heal up from that and to kind of help get, you know, your your program healed up and back together and, um, you know, kind of get mentally focused on the next run um, after you may have played a game or two extra over everybody else. That that, that seems fair to me. We And these, one other, one other thing about those, that, too, is – sorry for cutting you off, but one other no. thing – is a team like Cincinnati, you won't be forced to sit there and say, gosh, they're undefeated. Maybe we should just have them as, as a four seed to sneak in. You can sit there and you can say, no, you don't get – I mean, Cincinnati's obviously joining the Big 12 soon, but right now in their current state of affairs, and you can say, no, you know what? Desmond Ritter, South Carolina, we're good. But I honestly believe that uh, – I don't even remember who won all the conferences last year. Um, let's say Oregon won it. You can say, no, I think Oregon's still a better team than you. We're going to let you in. We might let you – let's say it's host a playoff game. Let's say that's what they do for the first round. We'll let you host the first uh, playoff game. But we don't think you're one of these top four teams deserving of a buy. And so you can still do that because you can go out, you can schedule whoever you want to schedule. But the bottom line is, whoever's in your conference, you're stuck with. 
and Cincinnati right now stuck with whoever's in their conference. So they wouldn't get the perks of a buy that you get for being in a power five conference and playing quality ish teams. And I'm going to bounce back to something we were talking about earlier in regard to that, but you still get the opportunity to go in the playoff if you go undefeated. Right. Yep. I, and I, I agree with that. Like I said, I, I think expanding the playoffs had to happen for the good of college football. Um, that's all going to look. Yeah. Well, what, one other thing I want to add. North, <laughs> I want to go back to it because I live down here, so it drives me crazy now. Notre Dame can't just go out, lose to Ohio State, and then schedule a garbage ACC and service academies all, all year. They'll have to put Michigan State and Michigan back on the schedule. So maybe the combination of that, the fact that they won't finish more than seventh, might entice them to join a conference. I think it slows down expansion as a whole, but the Big Ten can go out and pluck. Maybe they want to snag like an Iowa State and you just package them with ND just to get to that even number. And I think you've got an opportunity to reach out to them now. Right. And, because and, let's be real, ND, as much as I hate them, they've been the, no pun intended, golden child in regard to all this expansion talk. Right. Well, and I and I wonder, I that's why that that's why my comment earlier when you mentioned um that school that's fifteen to twenty minutes from you, uh that's me, um in my mind, I wonder if some of the motivation was because everybody kind of assumed that Notre Dame would jump into a conference and then they basically stood their ground and said, no, I wonder if some of the motivation was we need to get Notre Dame in a conference. So we're going to, we're going to a little, not, that may not be the main reason, but down on the list four or five was, yeah, this makes Notre Dame have to get into a conference. (laughs) um, Number two, stop the SEC. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. It keeps, it keeps, yeah, it keeps the, uh, keeps, you know, the SEC from dominating the first two spots. Um, and then the second thing, I mean, I'm sure that was on the list. And then the other one was, this gets Notre Dame into a conference, so we don't have these outlier teams that aren't in conferences. Um, and uh, that and that makes, you know, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, that they- yeah, and, and look, I, I know you're a Big 12 fan and everything else, so I don't, I don't mean any disrespect, but it also stops a – what would be in the new world if the Big Ten and SEC kind of stole everybody that they wanted to? It would prevent the Pac-12 and Big 12 leftovers from calling themselves a power conference because nobody would want to see that. No, I, I wouldn't want to see that. And, and I'll be honest, I, I, once, uh, once USC and UCLA, um, it was announced they were going to the, to the Big Ten, um, I have been the most confused individual on the planet as to exactly what the Big 12's plan is. <laughs> like, I, I mean, they're open for business, but they're not actively looking to add any more teams than what they already have. It's just been a very confusing, um, you know, it's been a very confusing, very uh, tough situation. I, I knew I knew Houston all along. Their goal, their golden plan was to find a way to march into a power five conference. That was their plan. 
Um, it was their plan 10 years ago. That's what they wanted. And they finally had that opportunity um, to lose that because of, like you're saying, um, the, all this expansion talk would have been devastating for them. Um, so, well, uh, as a representative of uh, Big Ten Nation, let me just feel. Let me just feel free to say, you can take Nebraska back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I still there. There are some moves. I mean, I like I said, I am a West Virginia Mountaineer fan, and West Virginia Mountaineers being in the Big Twelve is still the most confusing thing on the planet to me. Um, and uh, but. Uh, they're, they're, Wait till you see USC play Rutgers yeah. in a conference game. Yeah, well, true. But, I mean, I understand it from the standpoint that West Virginia it does not have the TV market to be lucrative to anybody. The Big Ten right. want them. They bring nothing to the table. Uh, the ACC doesn't want them because, again, they bring nothing to the table. Um, all, all that West Virginia does is poach um, the ACC's fertile recruiting grounds for, for no, no additional TV exposure. Um, and let's be honest, when it comes down to what teams you want in your conference, it's about TV exposure. It's about TV markets. It's about TV money. That That is what drives all of this. And, you know, West Virginia just has, you know, 2.9 million TVs, and that's it. Not a lot of people outside of West Virginia are following them. So um, that that's kind of been always their issue. Uh, they got a great tradition, great school, but they just – they just don't have the draw or the money to be able to make it worth it for other for other big conferences to take them on. Yeah, and that, I mean that that's one of those things where you look at what they would bring. Like you know, you're okay in basketball from time to time, okay in football from time to time. You're good in both sports. In between all that, and you have like it's just disappointing because they don't have that fan base to back up when they do get good when they had pat mcafee and steve slayton and pat white you know you didn't have the fan base to back it up right and that that's unfortunate i think the big 12 is a good fit for them if things started to go sideways and this this playoff expansion did not happen which i think we both agree the landscape as a whole wouldn't be a fact. The land the expansion from the Big Ten and SEC. If this did not happen, West Virginia would have been left out in the cold, and that would have been even worse for them. So, West yeah. Virginia sees a plus for now. I mean, we'll see how the Big Ten reacts. We'll see how the SEC reacts. We'll see how specifically Oregon and Washington react, as they were supposed to be on uh, the Big Ten shortlist, and Cal and Stanford right behind them. So if the only reason I think now they would want to join the Big Ten, and you talked about it, it's the money. Because your path to the playoff is open, but even if you go out and you win a national championship, you are not making the money that the Big Ten is making right now. Right. And that's the bottom line. So we'll see how what wins out ultimately. Is it going to be your opportunity to make the playoff like it is for Notre Dame? which now, due to seeding, they may think otherwise. But they said as long as they have a clear path, they don't care what the Big Ten's throwing at them. So is it the opportunity for the playoff like it is for Notre Dame? Or is it the opportunity to get in on some of this Big Ten revenue? And now you're thinking, hey, you know what? We don't have to beat Ohio State. 
we don't even have to beat USC. If we can just beat Michigan for that third spot in the Big Ten, maybe we've got this opportunity. And so we'll see if this slows down expansion like I think they're hoping. But, look, money talks and you got to listen. Yep. Yeah, I, so, I agree. Well, and well, like I said, I, I think it um, – like I said, it, it there's a lot of there's a lot of conferences right now that it this alleviates their fears of being poached to a point, um, and uh, and and like I, I, my biggest my biggest concern is for the student athlete. Um, you know, I know the recruiting athlete is, student now. Uh, yeah, yeah, athlete student, whatever. Uh, so um, because it, it, I mean, you get sold pie in the sky stuff in the recruiting trail. And uh, and I get all that, but I just want to make sure that that they get the opportunities that they want to get, and and this this gives them rather than I want to play in the playoffs, so I have to go to one of these schools. Now they can actually have a broader look at schools that may fit them better from the get go than those four schools that you know everybody knows you got to go to if you want to if you want to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, and they can probably find a better fit. Um, it gives uh, it gives the coaches some, you know, a little bit more um, outside of you know the top tier SEC and Big Ten teams. It gives them a little bit more, uh, you know, recruiting, um, you know, talk to be able to share with these kids. Uh, so these kids can, can have, have a better choice. And I I'm all about choices for student athletes. I mean, they they really need to have. Um, the ability to be able to be recruited to a place that makes sense for their, for themselves personally, and also mm-hmm. for families. Um, and, and now I think that that protects that a little bit more. And, and I, and I appreciate that. I mean, I even watched uh, watching football yesterday. I look at all these guys that they, Oh, they transferred from all these schools that are locked usually for going to the playoffs. And these kids went there, didn't felt felt they fit and transferred. And uh, they transferred to these other schools that they felt was a better fit for them. And I, I'm like, rather than have to go through that transfer situation, go to the place that fits you right from the beginning. And so I think this gives them an opportunity for that. So I, I, I land on their side more than I do the rest of everybody else. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at those guys who uh, Alabama and Georgia wasn't in the right fit. Well, guess what? Two of those guys will be suiting up at cornerback for Michigan State tonight in uh, right around two hours when you look at Amir Speed and Ronald Williams. But given the fact it is so close to kickoff, we do need to wrap. Uh, This was just some breaking news that we thought we had to bring to you. Again, uh, our betting podcast, The Cover 3, is going to be back next week. Like like, uh, Nate told you uh, last time he was on the show, if you hit about 55% in Vegas, you can make a living. We've hit about 60 um, on our podcast, so we're hoping to repeat that success. A lot of Lions talk coming up next week. Uh, the September call-ups for the Tigers. I know Chris will be working on that. And then, obviously, you'll have our wrap-up for Michigan, Western Michigan. We should have some U of M talk in regard to Colorado State coming up soon as well but that does it for us here on the great lake sports network for doug hayward i'm tyler hayward thanks for listening